Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here uh, during the early parts of the 2023 calendar year. Really getting the swing of things when it comes to college basketball, particularly around the Big Sky Conference. We got a fun podcast for you, jam-packed, full of a ton of guests. Thanks to all of our great sponsors for their continued support of Skyline Sports. And thanks to our great guests for making time for us. We'll hear from Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. Been a minute since Riley and I caught up. Uh, We talked our way around the Big Sky Conference in men's hoops. We'll also hear from Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head men's basketball coach. Travis DeKeer, Montana head men's basketball coach. Then... We'll have our latest edition of John Velk's Top Players He's Ever Watched. John Velk, Velk Law, our presenting sponsor of all Grizz basketball content this year. And uh, Velk, he's been sitting courtside at Grizz games for more than 40 years. He's got great perspective, and he's put together a countdown from 12 through 1 of the best players he's ever seen in his 40-plus years supporting Grizz hoops. Then we'll talk to Trisha Binford, Montana State women's head basketball coach. We'll hear from Eric Duff, the head coach of the Weaver State men's basketball team. And we'll hear from Seton Soboleski, the head coach of the Idaho State women's basketball team. A jam-packed, around-the-big-sky-style, big-sky breakdown. SkylineSportsMT.com. Thanks to all of our great sponsors for the continued support of us here at Skyline, including... Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications has helped us build this podcast network. They've also implemented our awesome newsletter at Skyline Sports. Blackfoot Communications, let Blackfoot help you connect to more. Also got to say thank you to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, a phenomenal partner and a great place to bank if you want to bank locally. Opportunity Bank of Montana, your local bank, your opportunity. Also thanks to JNV Restaurant Supply. JNV Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. And of course, thank you to John Velk and Velk Law for his knowledge, as well as his acumen when it comes to personal injury. He's a great lawyer. If you've been in an accident, you don't want to deal with the insurance company, Velk at Velk Law can help you Uh, He'll give you the contact info here in just a little while, but happy to have Belk uh, on board as well. SkylineSportsMT.com, Big Sky Breakdown. Up first, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Look who I found. It's been a minute. Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, joining us here uh, on Nuwana is now coming to you live, or I guess not live, but recording down at Dahlberg Arena. How you been, man? It's been a while. Uh, we were talking about that, Coulter. I think between the craziness of the end of football season and then crossover season with basketball, shoot, I see you look great. You got a new recorder. I mean, it, it's a new year, new you, but uh, it's good to be back on. Hopefully we get something started here through uh, Big Sky Conference play. It's in full swing. Well, uh one question on the the football front. What did you think of just the sort of the way that it ended and, and how are you doing now crossing over into basketball season? We haven't talked to you since uh, the Grizz loss at North Dakota State. So what did you think of just the way this football season ended, particularly with finally, after a decade, North Dakota State not the national champion? I, crazy how it all played out. And I think people that followed it all year like us kind of knew this was South Dakota State's year. And 
again, give credit, North Dakota State found a way to some, somehow make it again, but South Dakota State was clearly number one to me. As far as with how the Grizzly season ended, I think disappointing. I think that would be the one word that, that comes to mind for me and, and all the Grizz fans that are listening out there as well to a team that had such high expectations, right? Number two in the middle of October, and then to, to kind of see it finish the way it did. I do think the playoff win was awesome, and then you look at it, you can look at that North Dakota State game a lot of different ways. I'd like to think Montana was within one in the middle of the third quarter. They have their starting quarterback. Things go their way. That could come off as excuses as well. All that being said, Montana wanted their shot at North Dakota State. Probably found out they still have a little bit of work to do to try and close that gap. It's crazy the way sports work, right? Because if you were to tell us August 1 that North Dakota State wasn't going to be the national champion, we'd be like, well, that's crazy. And then as it sort of played out, it wasn't that surprising that NDSU didn't win at all. I think it was a a testament to their program culture that they were able to to dispatch of Montana and Incarnate Word at home to get back to the national championship. But you could just see they're a good team, but they're not like the, the juggernaut that they once were. No, I think that they were legitimately a top five team, right? But the fact that in the previous years during this run that it was them and everybody else, you knew it wasn't that kind of feel. And I still stand by it, Coulter, that if they had to leave Fargo, I think this would have been the year maybe oh. they got knocked off. But with how everything happened, Incarnate Word, give them credit. What a run for Incarnate Word for them to finish three over four. That was interesting. Bobcat fans out there, I had the Cats number three in my oh. final poll. A little bit surprised on that. But uh, it, it was interesting just how it, it all finished out. Give South Dakota State a ton of credit. They deserved it. They were the best team year in, year out. I'm glad you survived your most recent trip. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz, uh, joining us here on Nuanas Now. Uh, these guys, uh, I think Co- Coach Cobb just filled me in. He said, uh, Chris Cobb, associate head coach for men's basketball, he said, we left Missoula before 9 a.m. and didn't get to Flagstaff till after 9.30 p.m. last weekend. So uh, that's not necessarily ideal. No, it's not. In this league now, I mean, you look at NAU Northern Colorado being travel partners. You have to do a flight and a drive to get to both of these spots. You throw in the effect, and I know the coaches didn't want to talk about it. The players didn't want to think that it had an effect. But then you're playing at altitude. So you oh. throw that in the effect. And I know that whoever has NAU on the, the flip side on Saturday, they play a day game. So the fact you have to travel from Greeley, get there, quick turnaround, it's a tough trip. And I think the best part about it for the Montana schools is they got this one out of the way early. The rest of the trips are kind of okay. But we all know in this league, Coulter, it's, it's unique. It's quirky, not only from the travels, but just the style of play. And it's fun to uncover it each year. I'm curious kind of to get your take on the rest of this league as well. Because to me, I think the gap is... Has continued to be trimmed between the top of the league and the bottom. Yes, we still have contenders, and yes, we still have teams that are maybe looking towards next year, but at the same time, you cannot sleep on anyone in this league this year. What you run, how you run it, the fundamentals of everything, that's a part of every sport, but to me, basketball is the most important sport in terms of like continuity and chemistry, and that's why I think it's just completely TBD for every team in the league because every single roster is just half new, right? I mean, I just got off the phone with Eric Duff at Weber State. He said, hey, we had to bring in a whole bunch of freshmen, a whole bunch of new guys uh, because that's just the kind of the way of the world. And you look across the rosters, even Montana and Montana State actually have more stability than anybody else, yet they still have a whole bunch of new faces working their way in. And so I think that in terms of the league, I think that – Whoever can gel and start to come together in February and March, that's going to be what determines who wins this men's league. And you don't want to get off, and I, I shouldn't say this, I mean, you don't want to get off to a hot start. Everybody wants to win their games right away. But at the same time, it's going to be, you're right, who's gelling late February and March? You don't want to peak too early in this thing. And to go back on that returning starter point, 16 games now Grizzly, Grizzly basketball has had. And doing prep for all of this, Coulter, there has been one team 
that has had more than three returning starters, and that was Northern Arizona. So it goes to show you every team, at least 50%, it's new, trying to retool it every every year, every conference season. I think we're, we're starting to see the new identity of some conference teams, Idaho State being a surprise, Northern Colorado probably being a surprise on the flip side of it, of, of teams that can put it together teams that can't. Um, I think it's been interesting too to see the coaching cycle as well. The Grizzlies actually faced three coaches in the last two weeks that had just had or were playing or coaching in their 100th game, which means all of these newer coaches, now Travis Takir has been at the helm nine years, that's three different coaches that are in their fourth year. So you're start, starting to see the identity a little bit more and um, we'll see how this conference race unpacks. Eastern Washington, they deserve to be the early favorite right now with the way they've come out of the gates. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, let's just go down the line of the Big Sky teams you've seen. What'd you like about Eastern Washington? And that was a good game in Missoula. I think the Grizz have every reason to think that they let one slip away. They uh, they made some fatal errors down the stretch. The timeout when there wasn't any timeouts. A couple of, uh, there was a couple calls that didn't go their way. Whatever. But Eastern Washington sitting here in, uh, at the top of the league. I think it's a testament to David Riley's doing a good job. Uh, very very good job. And, and to think what they did two days after what they did in Missoula proves oh. that it wasn't a fluke. You could sweep this road trip. I mean, how many teams have done that in the last five years? Let alone the last this year when you could say Montana Montana State supposed to be at the top of the league. So Eastern Washington to me was very impressive. I think the word would be complete we, we just said there's a lot of teams that are incomplete right now eastern washington's the most complete team i've seen they have defined roles they have a really good starting lineup they have a ton of experience but then coulter the pieces that they've added to off of the bench sixth seventh eighth men that are big sky player of the week capability so i was really impressed with eastern and to go back on yes maybe montana let one slip away the grizz have had the lead at halftime in all four of their big sky games right now so you throw that into the mix too it goes to show you the margin for error is very small and go to Eastern I mean they've needed two steel vendors three pointers to beat Montana State and Sacramento State so margin for error is slim on both sides of it Idaho seems like Isaac Jones and uh, that's about it Isaac Jones and the rest of their team and I think that was on display against Sacramento State when Isaac Jones had 42 and the rest of their team had 41 great individual talent I don't want to knock Idaho by this next statement but to me they're kind of the same team they were last year elite score they had Mikey Dixon right and just trying to put it together where you can't overlook them because they have talent, but at the same time, they still seem to, to be a, a couple missing pieces away from being a true contender in this league. NAU, one of the most perplexing teams in the league because they have great talent, and uh, I thought they looked good when they beat Montana last year, and then they didn't win another Big Sky game and the, until they beat Montana this year, which is crazy. Obviously, uh, they get up for the Grizz game, as a lot of teams do, but... Uh, I think that NAU, if they could continue to come, they might be a team that's dangerous in March. They're the team, in my eyes, that you're not going to want to see them on the other side of the bracket in Boise, where they're sitting at 7-8, and 9-10. And, and with this new format, the teams that are 7-10 through 10 are going to get to play a game and then get to try and upset number one and number two. I think NAU is going to fall in that category. When you return five starters and you return one of the most explosive scorers in the league, you're going to be dangerous. And that's what Northern Arizona has. Maybe that win against Montana can get them going a bit to where they can start believing in themselves. I think that's the one thing they're missing. And maybe to no fault of anyone on that that roster right now is do they believe they can win? Do they believe that they can be a contender in the big sky because they've only had you know two winning seasons in the last decade or so. So uh, NAU, a team that, how about, how about a incomplete grade right now? Because there's someone I, I want to see at the end of this month, do they build momentum off the Montana win or do we really look back and say that was kind of a fluke? 
and last one in terms of the Big Sky teams we've seen so far against the Grizzlies, uh, I am the president of the Bodie Hume Fan Club, and I feel vindicated because Northern Colorado has a lot back. they got a lot of explosive scorers back. They don't got the guy that makes the whole thing. He don't got the straw that stirs the drink, as they would say. I know Hume, he was only like eight points per game last year. It wasn't the 20 points per game he was his sophomore and junior year, but he did so much stuff you could just tell. He's the guy that moved the ball. He's the guy that orchestrated everything offensively and defensively. Beside that, though, uh, Northern Colorado looks like they might be a team that's been a top four team for a long time, 10 years in the Big Sky Conference. They might be towards the middle of the pack now. They are a mystery at this point because you just mentioned it from 2018 to 2020, the two winningest programs in this league were Montana and Northern Colorado. Epic matchups back and forth, and they had actually had the upper hand on the Grizz the last three years, but they're a team that's lost right now. And after their loss against Montana State Thursday, I know you talked about that on your show and watched that to where they just blitzed the Cats out of the gates to where Northern Colorado bench Koontz, Johnson, connect in the second half and kind of let their young guys go well then against the Grizzlies you're thinking okay this is a desperation mode preseason number two against number three loser of this game is really going to look in the mirror and say we're in trouble and Northern Colorado benches Dalen Koontz and benches Matt Johnson Matt Johnson had started 105 straight games and they bench him and so they're lost they're searching for answers right now and now you're sitting at 0-4 with two of your next three weekends on the road I don't know if Northern Colorado is going to be able to regain this, especially culture. They don't have much depth. They do have the top scorer in Dalton Connect. He's trying to play the role of Bodie Hume, but I'm with you. Bodie Hume was the glue, the straw that stirred the drink, the the guy that would get in there that would maybe talk a little smoke to the opposing team to say, hey, you're not going to walk all over Northern Colorado. So of all the teams I've seen, there's no question that the biggest surprise has been UNC. And I wonder if they're going to be able to to find their footing. They're also a dangerous team, right? If they do figure it out in February, you don't want to play them in Boise. But at the same time, they got a long ways to go. Too. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, uh, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. The uh, Grizz men's basketball team is on the court, so that's what you're going to hear. The shoes squeaking and the guys uh, getting warmed up. Uh, Riley, I think that this team, in terms of the program evaluation, deserves credit because they got a lot better offensively. They can spread the, the ball uh, around a little bit more. They got some great shooters that have been good additions in Anand Moody and, and Deshaun Thomas, and uh, they just look like they're flowing better offensively. That said, I think they can still guard on the perimeter. They need to figure out a way to, to guard in the middle. I mean, it's the rim protection that's the missing link to me defensively. Good and bad things that you've seen. Not bad, but but uh, things that you've liked and, and things that need improvement for the Montana team so far. I think to really document this Grizzly season, you have to break it up into two parts. What were they before December 1st, and what have they been after December 1st? Because in November... I think the coaching staff won't get mad at me for saying this. They were a bit of a mess. They were kind of all over the place. They, they didn't have the right lineups in place. Brandon Whitney was sick. On and Moody was uh, becoming a father for the second time, and he was sick as well. So they didn't have their starting backcourt for a five-game stretch, really, with inconsistency, and that really showed on the floor. I think that this is a team that is still trying to find their identity a little bit. They can score better than any Grizzly team that we have seen since those back-to-back tournament teams, but maybe defensively, 
they've left a lot to be desired compared to the teams of the past where maybe Coach Takir squads that struggled offensively, you knew they were going to lock in defensively and try and win games that way. This squad's been a little bit different to where you know they can put up 75 to 80 a game. It's fun to, to look at two different numbers to me each game, and that's the field goal percentage and the assist number. This team is so good when they're passing the ball and sharing it. You see that in different parts throughout the course of a Big Sky weekend. Consistency is the number one answer to me. These guys certainly have it. I think the the top seven that the Grizzlies have, that you could make the argument that that's the best top seven in the league. Can they get everyone on the same page? Can they avoid foul trouble? And also right now, which is a crazy thing to say, can they stay healthy? Because they haven't been able to do it. Brandon Whitney, Lano Martin were a little bit sick last week too. So when this team's at full strength, they can beat anybody. But as of right now, they probably deserve to be sitting at two and two, uh, knowing that they have some big games coming up and they need to be at full strength to do it. I think just five games this entire season when they've had all of their, their – uh, parts that they want to have into the rotation uh, available. Uh, last couple things for you. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. Weber State, always a big game. It's funny, though, because uh, this is year 17 for me, covering Big Sky Conference Hoops. The first time I've ever covered a Weber game without Randy Ray on the sidelines, right? My first Big Sky tournament when I was a sophomore in college. There's Coach Ray. I was even at Weber. And I, I remember driving down there. It was my first time ever covering a, a league tournament. And now He's not there anymore. It's going to be crazy to see the sidelines without Weaver State, without Randy Ray. It will be so different. I so look forward to watching Randy Ray and Travis DeCure coach against each other. You, you know that both oh, yeah. of these these guys take immense pride in their programs from a former player in Travis that, that played and, and saw what Weber State was able to do because that's the word, right? Banners, championships. That's what these two programs compete for and it's it's different from two Montana guys, right? That grew up in this state culture. It's always Montana, Montana State. But on the basketball side, it's always been Montana and Weber and I think that's a, just an immense respect the programs have for each other. Uh, with no Coach Ray, they've been a little different. I know that everyone's going to say Weber's Weber, but they were a little bit of a mess in November trying to figure out Dylan Jones bench for a game. And just in kind of getting into the numbers, what surprised me, what do you think of Weber State normally? You think of points. They average over 80 a game. They space the floor. They're last in the league in scoring offense. So it, it will be a different kind of game. I watched a little bit of their loss to Idaho State where they only had 57 points. So I'm a bit intrigued. Dylan Jones, we know how special he is. The battle down low. You know they're going to have the Grizzlies' attention, but to not have Randy Ray and Travis DeCure will, will be different for guys like us that have been You've covered it for a longer time than me in, in this league, but uh, Randy Ray's been a staple. There's a reason that he's at the top of nearly every list, and we'll see if the Grizzlies can uh, give Eric Duft a little bit of uh, initiation to this rivalry. It's also There's always been the, the deep tie between the two programs because Randy Ray was with Stu Morrill for so long, and Stu Morrill, the guy that recruited Travis DeCure to Montana once upon a time. So uh, the tie that binds. I mean, last thing for you then, to me, I mean, Jones is the best rebounder in the league by a long shot. He's one of the best rebounders in the country. And uh, that's something I think that uh, Montana needs to continue to try to shore up. So, I mean, where are we at with just the keys to this game against the Wildcats? Uh, rebounding is always number one, I think, for Montana right now because Eastern Washington exposed them. They understand they have to give consistent effort on the glass. Josh Bannon and Deshaun Thomas have proven. Bannon's going to give you seven to eight boards a game. Thomas is going to give you five. 
who else can rebound for Montana? You can't be just one and done all the time and allow those offensive rebounds. And I think that's where guys like Dylan Jones, right, the, the junkyard dog mentality to, to clean it up and put it into points. What I see for Montana, too, is turning defense into offense. They, they call this a double bang culture, right, when they get a stop and then they can get a score. And when Montana does it, I've never seen a team that can build and fuel momentum off of that. So I think Montana just needs to start putting it together more. I, I thought 40 minutes, you know, that's the goal for this squad, to put 40 minutes together. They got close against Northern Colorado. It's probably 30, 32 minutes before they let UNC kind of get back to it late. So it's that constant striving for the perfect game. Montana's capable of it. Can they put it together here at home? You look at the stretch, Coulter, and we can do this. The team certainly can. Hopefully they're not listening to me right now. But this four-game stretch, massive for Montana to prove they're a contender. They've got Weber State and Idaho State at home. And then next week, at Eastern Washington, and then the Cats at home. Two and two, you're kind of thinking, okay, maybe the Grizz aren't contenders. Three and one, they're in the mix. Four and oh, maybe they're the favorite. So very big four-game stretch. It'll be fun to chronicle here uh, in the next couple weeks. He's Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. He'll join us as often as possible during this uh, basketball season. Thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. Source. Time now for our Montana State Minute. It's presented by J&V Restaurant Supply. J&V Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Visit jvrestaurant.com uh, to check out what they got cooking over there uh, at JV Restaurant uh, Supply. We go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in. Danny Sprinkle, he's the head coach of the Montana State Bobcats. They are coming off of a recent road sweep that included a 77-56 win at Northern Colorado and a 69-54 win at Northern Arizona. Bobcats now 3-1 and in league play, 10-7 and overall. Springs, we haven't talked to you in a while, man. How you been living? What's going on? Man, good. Good to be back on, big fella. Uh, always good to hear your voice. And yeah, things are going well. Things are going well. And, and uh, just another tough year in the big sky. And, and uh, you know, got four games out of the way. And what, we got 14 left? 14 left, I think. So. That's that's right. Well, first of all, let's talk about this most recent road trip because this is a new road trip in the league. I mean, used to be NAU Southern Utah was the road swing, and that in itself was difficult enough. But now you got to go to Flagstaff and, and then to Colorado, or like you guys did, you got to go to Colorado and then to Flag. So uh, just take us through the challenges of the trip, both including the teams you had to play, but also just the, the way that this uh, new travel schedule works with 10 teams in the league and, and new travel partners in NAU and UNC. Yeah, you know it's it's just it's typical big sky travel. You know, it's one of the hardest conferences in the in the country travel wise, and uh, you know it, it's spread out. But you know you got to do what you got to do, and you know obviously we went down to Greeley first, uh, played them on Thursday night, and you know bus to bus to Denver on Friday morning, and caught a flight to Phoenix, and drove the two and a half hours up, and got there probably about seven o'clock that night, and and played at two o'clock the next day. And, uh, we weren't fortunate enough to get out, uh, that night, uh, back from Phoenix to Bozeman. So we had to stay the night in Phoenix and, and fly out early, but yeah, I mean, Hey, it is what it is. You know, it, it's sometimes good to get out of Montana in the winter, especially when you're going to Phoenix. No doubt about it. Well, let's talk 
then about leading up to the conference schedule and then early on here in the conference slate. You guys played a really challenging non-conference slate uh, with big-time games, including at Arizona, uh, at Grand Canyon was a great atmosphere for you guys, at Oregon, at North Dakota, which is a tough place to play as well. I mean, you guys were hardly at home. Uh, I've only seen you live so far one time this whole year because you guys have had so few home games. So just take us through How do you think the non-conference, and especially all the travel, prepared you uh, for Big Sky Conference play? Yeah, I think I think it definitely prepared us. You know, I mean, you look, you mentioned the you know Grand Canyon, Oregon, and Arizona. Um, you know the games at North Dakota and, and Southern Utah. You know, and I knew Southern Utah was going to be a tough game. Uh, obviously, with their four seniors coming back, and and uh, you know, luckily we squeaked that one out in the last you know two seconds uh, and got home. But obviously, the trip to Montreal too. We played three of the top mid-major teams in the country this year. You know, Middle Tennessee, uh, who's always unbelievably talented in Conference USA. Uh, we lost on a last-second deal there. Um, you know, Quinnipiac, who's picked second behind Iona in that league, and they just they just blasted Iona the other night. Um, and then UNC Greensboro, who's always one of the top mid-majors. And so, you know, we I wanted to challenge this group. I knew we had, you know, even our grad transfers coming in. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of put them to the fire early and just kind of see what we were made of. And, and we had some games that, you know, if we had knocked down some shots or not turned the ball over, you know, we could, we could very easily have three more wins. Um, but you know, they, they competed and, and uh, just kind of got a little better each week. Danny Sprinkle joining us here on Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coach Sprinkle's Bobcats off to a 3-1 and one start in Big Sky Conference play. And, and Coach, uh, in studying the history of the NBA as well as college basketball, there's always talk amongst coaches about how challenging it is to win a championship, but how maybe the only thing more challenging than that is to win another championship when you are the defending champions. And that's the position you and your squad, you and your program are in. Certainly one I'm sure you're you're happy to be in as the defending champions. But what challenges have you seen so far here uh, at about the midpoint of the season uh, just in terms of being the defending champs and, and sort of having that target on your backs? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, this is the position you want to be in. You know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want, to, I don't want to be in the other position. Totally. But it is, it is challenging, and it's challenging because it's, it's a new year. You know, I mean, losing Xavier, you know, who could have been the MVP of the league. Totally. You know, and you look at how many games he won us last year, and he was the tournament MVP, and just his his leadership. You know, Amadama, who was you know tremendous leadership and scorer, and you know. Abdul Muhammad, who was our glue guy, you know, he was our energy guy every day in practice. He set the tone and, you know, that's three big pieces to lose. And, uh, you know, obviously with Jabril coming back, you know, I don't know how they picked us first in the conference preseason because basically we had Jabril back, you know, right. you know, Ray Kwan and Tyler, you know, yeah, they were, they were pieces. And obviously, you know, they're talented, but you know, when you lose three players like that, you know, I mean, guys have to step up. You know, I mean, it's different roles for Raekwon this year. It's a different role for Tyler. Um, then, obviously, with two, you know, point guards coming off injuries, you know, Robert Ford and Darius Brown, who didn't play last year. And so getting everybody, you know, that that connection on the floor and, and you know, playing together and guys, you know, that are really good players trying to fit in, you know, and sometimes being – too unselfish and sometimes being too selfish, you know, and that's been our coaching, you know, and our staff's done a great job, my assistants, of getting the group to to play together and understand their role and how they help this team. 
You mentioned your grad transfers. And one guy we highlighted in the first hour during our Treasure State Stars was Darius Brown, a guy that uh, comes from Cal State Northridge who has uh, sort of the unenviable task of taking over uh, as one of your top point guards after all the great success Montana State's point guards have had from Harold Freda, Xavier Bishop, to now uh, Darius Brown. So what have you thought of his ability to acclimate? He went over 1,000 points in his career. That's what landed him on our Treasure State Stars. But what have you thought of his ability to sort of come in and take over uh, for you guys in the backcourt? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've I've actually known about Darius since he was in seventh grade. You know, when I was in Fullerton, obviously he was just right up the road in Pasadena, and so like I I've known him for a long time and followed him uh, through AAU, through high school, and even when he was at Northridge, just because of my connections at Cal State Northridge. And you know, as soon as he hit the portal, you know, just knowing the type of person he is and his character, you know, I knew he was. We had to get him. We had to get him, and we went all in, and and luckily we got him. And, uh, but he's been, he's been tremendous. You know, he's got such a good feel for the game. Um, he's, he's completely different than Xavier, um, on and off the court. You know, they're both tremendous kids, but you know, they're both funny. Don't get me wrong about that. But like Darius is, you know, he's more, he's very, very cerebral. Like he's always looking at you like, okay, he's a pleaser. Like, what do you want me to do? Where X had, you know, I knew how to spark X and just get him going. And all of a sudden he just, I just let him go. Um, but Darius has been tremendous. Um, we've needed his scoring. He was, he was way too unselfish early in the season. Um, and finally I had to talk to him after Montreal and I said, you know, you, you got to start scoring the basketball and looking for your own shot. And he, he responded at that game at Southern Utah and helped us win that game. And ever since then, you know, he, he's, he's been in attack mode. It's helped everybody else get open shots and it's, and it's helped him. Dave Sprinkle, Montana State Head Men's Basketball Coach here on Nuanas Now. It's our Montana State Minute presented by J&V Restaurant Supply. J&V Restaurant Supply has three great locations, Bozeman, Billings, Great Falls. You can also check them out online, jvrestaurant.com. Let's talk about then uh, just this upcoming weekend, Coach. Big one with Idaho State and then Weber State. It's always big now that we're into conference play. But Idaho State's sort of been the surprise of the league so far, getting out to a 3-0 and start. And uh, they won against Weber State last week. So uh, certainly an impressive win for Coach Looney's squad. And then and Weber State, they were sort of uh, in the early driver's seat with an opening uh, weekend sweep. And they have one of the best players in the league in Dylan Jones. But I know you're not looking ahead yet to the Wildcats. Tell us about the Bengals. What do you think of your matchup on Thursday night against Idaho State? Yeah, you know, like you said, it's, everybody's kind of surprised. I, I'm not surprised, and I don't think the coaches in this league are surprised. Um, you know, I mean, he does a tremendous job coaching those guys, and and they got really good players. They got two really good transfer guards in. You know, they got a transfer four-man and a five. But, you know, Braden Parker's been playing tremendous, who's been there. You know, it seems like he's been there forever. Uh, but he's been playing terrific down there in the post. And, you know, they, just, they, they can really shoot the basketball and – like a typical Ryan Looney team, you know, they don't beat themselves. You know, they don't turn the basketball over. They take good shots. And they challenge every discipline you have. If you take a quick bad shot or turn it over, they're going to score and they're gonna, and then they're going to make the game ugly. You know, they're going to make you take 30 seconds off. They're going to guard you. And, and so, you know, I'm not surprised they're 3-0. and um, You know, and obviously, you know, that's going to be our – it's going to be our hardest game of the year so far coming this Thursday. An interesting fold on your roster as well, because Robert Ford, who's been playing good minutes for you uh, there as a reserve guard, he used to play at Idaho State. This is something completely new that I'm still trying to wrap my head around, the in-conference transfers. So maybe not even about him specifically, but what do you think of this phenomenon? I think we're going to see this more often than we ever have before. 
Yeah, and and to be honest, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, even though, like, you know, we do have Rob, and I love Rob. Now, we actually recruited Rob out of junior college, and right. he committed to us right. before he went to Idaho State. And we'd actually had a kid commit the day before he committed, and so we couldn't take his commitment. And, uh, you know, so we, we've known and had a relationship with Rob for a long time. And, you know, he, you know, hopefully he plays great on Thursday night. Uh, you know, they, they know everything Rob does and Rob knows everything they do. And, uh, it's going to, it's going to be a battle. Well, last thing for you, then how important, I know you guys have put a high priority on it and you always will, but I mean, what do you think of just the, the fold of being, you know, back at home? I know uh, not quite students back yet, right? Do you guys have students back yet at Montana State? No. Yeah, right. So, I mean, nope. you're a little bit ways from that, but it's still a, a conference homestand. So, I mean, what do you think of this opportunity this weekend with these two squads coming to town? It, it's huge, you know, because you just look at the parity in the big sky. I mean, even last year, I mean, the big sky just gets better and better every year. And, uh, you know, just the talent, the uh, everything gets upgraded, it seems, every year. And so you, you really have to take care of your home games. And, uh, you know, we've had – We've had some great crowds at home, and, and I expect it to be really good this Thursday and Saturday. And you know you have to hold you have to hold court. And uh, you know we've we've been a good road team. Uh, I would much rather play in Brick Breeden, but uh, you know you have to you have to squeak some games out on the road like we did last weekend. But you know you definitely have to protect your home floor. Dave Sprinkle, Montana State. They host Idaho State, 7 p.m. Worthington Arena in Bozeman, and then Weber State in town for a 4 p.m. tip on Saturday. We'll be uh, following along for both these games. Coach, appreciate the time, man, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week, but thanks for being here. You got it. Always good talking with you, man. Go Cats. There you go. Danny Sprinkle, our Montana State Minute, presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. Whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, JNV Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JNV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a Scotty, JNV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, JNV also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JNV, your restaurant specialist. First of all, coming off the first conference road trip, what do you think of your guys' ability to bounce back in Greeley on Saturday? You always want at least a split. Uh, so to let one get away on Thursday uh, and respond the way they did, at least for 30 minutes on Saturday, is huge. Um, we know we're talented, we're capable. We just need to be more consistent. Um, and, and so when your back's against the wall, you find a lot out about yourself. And, and I thought we found some good things. You guys are talented, and you look better this year offensively what has gotten into that and how do you sort of harness that and get what you want out of them defensively as well yeah it's you know when you're a good offensive player you're offensive minded that's right. typically right and so just trying to convince guys that the defensive side of the ball is where you win defense travels um you're not going to make shots every night and so when i'm not making shots how do i impact winning and, and that's still a learning area for us uh really one through ten you mentioned the NAU one kind of getting away from you. What went into that? Because they seem so hungry to, to knock you guys off just watching that game, especially down the stretch in overtime. Well, you watched the way they responded at the end of the game. They definitely wanted it more. Yeah. Um, therefore, they, they earned it, right? Um, we had some things play into it. Uh, you know, Lonel and, and Whitney uh, did not practice for portions of the, of the week leading up to that trip. 
uh, probably didn't handle the travel well enough. It, it took us 12 hours to get there. So uh, we had some things, but uh, we ran out of gas down the stretch. But, but uh, I reiterate, they wanted it more, and they earned it. Those two guys are just sick. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, two and two in, le- in league play right now. But you guys, it's a marathon, right? So, I mean, how do you express that to the guys? A lot of times it's not how you start. It's absolutely how you finish. No, we've been there before. Um, we've won the conference uh, with slow starts. Yeah. You know, in 18-19, in, in I believe we lost uh, two consecutives working on a third uh, before we figured it out. Uh, and then we've had years where we start off 5-1 and one and fizzled out. And and so it's not how you start, it's how you finish. People say that all the time, right? But that's the reality. Uh, I believe Montana State was doing two at one point last year, and then they just found a way to, to, to run off 10. I don't know that we're a team that can do that. Um, it's, it's still always going to be one game at a time. We know what our potential is. Um, we just have to be urgent enough to um, achieve it and fight for it in every possession, not necessarily play stretches and play every possession. This time of year, you can certainly start to diagnose strengths and weaknesses, but how do you work on that kind of stuff when it is sort of just this rhythmic turnaround, practice, practice, play, play, play? Yeah, you, you try to make practices competitive. It's been very difficult for us because I think we've only played five games with all of our guys. Right. Right, and and so that tells you that we haven't had very many practices with all of our guys. Mac Anderson doesn't really practice, um, and, and so we just have had a hard time um, putting it all together and, and the biggest reason is that we just haven't had everyone together so uh, we just keep plugging away and, and hopefully it clicks at some point One guy I've been uh, meaning to ask you about is the guy I'm about to interview, Andrew Moody what, what have you thought of his addition and uh, what have you thought of sort of him blossoming, he's become a great combo guard for you guys You know, um, tough mentally and physically tough um, he's won before so he knows what it feels like. He also knows uh, how important it is to assume roles. And, you know, he does the little things. He takes the charges, he dies for loose balls. Um, but the biggest thing that he brings to the table is positive energy every day. And I think that that comes from maturity when you've got other things going on in your life that may be more important than every basketball game. One, uh, it, it, it's not life or death for you when things aren't going your way. But two, you appreciate the opportunity and the time you have to be on the court when it presents itself. When it comes to just honing in the defense, you guys have always been so good on the perimeter. How do you cultivate stuff in the middle? What's the biggest key to learning how to protect the rim, or can you learn how to protect the rim? Well, it comes from a few ways. I've always said it comes from within inside, though. Um, you know, there's a level of physicality um, that you have to play with to protect the basket, whether you're the person guarding one-on-one in the, in, 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 at the block or if it's in rotation and they help defenders. At some point in time, you have to build a wall, a level of resistance. Distance, uh, that says you're not going to have this shot in this close to the basket. Um, and we've shown signs of that. Um, we just haven't been consistent with that. We are talking right now to Travis DeCure, ninth-year head basketball coach at the University of Montana. Last weekend after his win over Northern Colorado, TD now has... 10 wins at least against every team in the Big Sky Conference. Been around for a while, and that's what happens when you're around for a while, but he's also won a ton of ball games at Montana. Travis DeCure here on Nuanas Now. About the midpoint of the year overall in terms of games played, what have you thought of the way that this group has come together, especially with some of the new additions you brought in? Um, I, I think they've done an incredible job of, of 
putting value on chemistry. I, I think that it's important to every guy individually. Um, but when you don't know everyone and you haven't been through very many wars with one another, um, adversity sometimes makes it very difficult to stick together when you need to the most. And, and I think we've had some games down the stretch where we played uh, and we were trying to win, but we weren't necessarily doing it together. It, it may have been a guy or two that thought, you know, I, I can win it for us or uh, this possession right here on offense, I can win it um, as opposed to sticking together, playing, you know, with the script on both sides of the ball um, and, and doing things that make others' jobs easier. And if we get to that point, we'll be very hard to beat. Big one Thursday with Weber coming to town. It's uh, going to be crazy. Watch. I've, I've never covered the Big Sky without Randy Ray in the Big Sky Conference. Do they look any different, though? I mean, because Coach Duff was on the staff for the duration of the 16 years Randy was there. Is it same same old Weber State? You know, I don't want to put that on Duff. I, I you know... They, they play a similar style. They're, you know, offensively, their packages are very similar. Um, defensively, they're doing a lot of the same things they did last year. I, I just think that there's, there's, there's a piece or two that they had last year or the year before that they don't necessarily have right now, which puts a lot of pressure on Dylan Jones um, to create and, 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 you know, score and rebound. And um, I, I don't know that they have as much depth as they've had in the past in the front line. Um, and so what happens is, you know, a lot like how we were the last couple of years is that if your best players play well, you win. If one of them has a night off, it's very difficult because there's not a lot of guys to, to rely on because there's so many. I mean, they've got a lot of young players that they put in the game. It's been a long time since they put freshmen in, in games that mattered. Um, so I think that's where the biggest difference is, is that they're just a lot younger when you go to their bench than they have been in the past. I voted Dylan as uh, the preseason MVP, and uh, he's looking pretty darn good so far. I mean, what is it that he does so well that makes him one of the best players in the league? Yeah, if you'd ask me, I, you can't vote for your own players. I'd say him or Koontz were the two guys going into the season that, based on the numbers last year, if they get any better or, you know, really Koontz's numbers last year, if he just did the same thing he right. did last year, he'd probably be player of the year. So, um, you know, I, I think that he's his motor is incredible. Um, his feel for the ball. You know, when, 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 when you watch Dennis Robert play back in the day, anybody remembers watching him play, he just had great feel for where the ball was going. And Dylan Jones is kind of that, where it's not like a perfect block off. It's not He's not out jumping everybody. He's just, you know what, the ball's going right, he's there. The ball's going left, he's there. But also, he wants the ball. And, and I think a lot of rebounding, loose balls, things like that, is the guy that wants it most is going to get it. Dylan Jones wants the ball. Uh, I guess the one question I wanted to ask you, we talked about new additions earlier. I wanted to ask you specifically about Deshaun. He's been a great addition. I just want to see how you feel about him fitting in. And uh, like Coulter said, we're at the halfway, kind of the halfway point of the season. So how has he really fit in um, to the lineup? And how has he fit in as far as conference play goes so far? He's played a major role in our improvement offensively. Um, his versatility along with Bannon inside has just made it very difficult for a lot of teams to figure out who they want to guard who and how they want to defend our actions. And uh, once we got to a point where we, we had all five guys on the floor for long stretches, uh, one or two guys that we could rely on offensively off the bench, uh, we, we've been scoring a lot of points. And a lot of that is his versatility has played a major role in that. Even when he's not scoring, he's impacting it. Um, and, and, you know, but the biggest thing about Deshaun for me is 
him as a person. He's, he's an incredible young man that is very selfless. He wants to be successful. Um, he wants to shoot the ball, score the ball. That's how he's built. Um, but, but at the end of the day, he's one of the few that you can actually look in the eye, tell the truth, whether it's something he wants to hear or not, uh, soaks it in and, and, and tries to make the most of the conversation. And guys like him are the ones you want to see be successful. And, and I think that that's been contagious with the team. Um, and I think all of his teammates have enjoyed having him because of that. Every time we were in town, it's a huge game. So uh, what do you hope to see on Thursday night just in terms of a turnout? Or I guess what can fans expect with two of the best in the Big Sky going at it? I expect a lot of fans to be here. Yeah. Um, you know, without having our students back, it's going to be important that the community uh, shows up and gives out their tickets if they can't make it. But um, one thing about Weber, Montana, is both teams know how much that game has meant to the people before them. And so usually players typically show up and probably rise to the occasion. Um, you know, we've been a lot of guys have career nights in this game, and, and hopefully the only guys that do it are the ones in white and maroon. But uh, I, this is one of the ones that you, you know, you sleep hard the night before because you know you're going to need a lot of energy the night of um, that you always look forward to. This is one of the games we recruit to, and uh, it's, it's always important to make sure all the guys that have never played this game before are emotionally ready um, for the battle. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. The countdown continues, but we're at a new venue. Uh, old favorite of mine, but a new venue for this podcast installment. Skyline Sports, SkylineSportsMT.com. John Velk, Velk Law joining us, continuing his top 12 countdown, the greatest Grizzlies of all time. we got to keep telling you, there's a caveat. It's all the Grizz that Velk has seen. So this is just the basically modern-ish history of the Grizz, like early 80s through uh, current. But uh, the guy he has on his countdown today, as we are almost into the top 10 now, uh, is a guy that I watched play a lot of basketball, too, and one of my all-time favorites. Who we got this week, Velk? Well, we got Michael Guinea this week, and all I remember is the first time that any of us really were like, wow, who's this dude, was there was a high rebound, probably about three feet above the basket, and out of nowhere comes this little thin guy with pencil legs, and he's about four feet above the rim and grabs it and tomahawks it, and the whole gym was like, whoa, I didn't see that side, so... Just a fireball, just an unbelievable athletic fireball, and a smart player. Loved Michael Guinea, one of my favorite players uh, we've ever covered during the Skyline Sports era. This is year nine of Skyline, and I would put him on my all-time Skyline team. I love Michael Guinea. I was texting with my brother earlier uh, when we were talking about um, this countdown. This is crazy. I was going through Michael Guinea's resume, and I mean, he's 1,600 plus point scorer. He's one of the greatest rebounders in Grizz history. He's on multiple NCAA tournament teams. He was never first team All Conference because he always had to take a back seat to other guys that scored more points than him. But I think that Travis DeCure would tell you he was definitely one of their most valuable players, and he won Turn of an MVP twice. And so, you know, he, he was able to rise up at, at the best times. But I think that's part of his legend, right? Is that he was so unselfish while also being so talented. Yeah, he was completely a team player unbelievably so 
he was really soft-spoken. He was never shining the light on me. He was never a me-first kind of guy. He, he just did what he was asked to do, and he did it excellently. And, you know, those are the kind of glue guys that every team needs. But he was more than a glue guy. He was really a star. But he was happy to be quiet. He was happy to be quiet and, and just do whatever he was asked to do. John Velk, Velk Law here on the Big Sky Breakdown, breaking down some of the best Grizz Velk's ever seen. He sat courtside at Grizz Games for more than 40 years, so he's a great resource. Uh, you've, been, uh, you've been watching the Grizz live and in person for longer than I have. To me, Ogine is the best rebounding guard the Grizz have ever had. Is there, is there anybody that is comparable to him? I know we had uh, one of the Zanon boys on here recently. Is he, are those guys kind of the same fold? Same kind of fold. Same kind of fold, except the difference with Scott was uh, that offense under Montgomery, he wasn't, gonna, he wasn't supposed to go down there. Right. He was supposed to stay out of there and let the bigs handle it. And so it's almost like don't go down there, and he's still got a ton of rebounds. I can't remember what his stats were compared to, to Mike's, but I think Mike still had more rebounds. He's just an unbelievable rebounder. He just he just had lightning quick hops and and had a heck of a vertical too. So that's he'd, he'd get up if it had hit the rim, and then he'd come down and get back up again before the other guys had a chance to get up once. He had arguably one of the great freshman years in Montana history. There hasn't been a lot of freshmen that have come in and scored a bunch of points for Montana just because the Grizz have had such great uh, veteran tradition and they haven't had a lot of freshmen that broke out. But Ogine was only the second freshman ever to average double-figure points behind Kevin Criswell, so that was pretty cool. Uh, and uh, that was when he first started showing his defensive prowess, but uh, he broke out in a big way the next couple years. He was the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year uh, as a junior and a second-team all-conference performer that year, and then he was the tournament MVP that year as well and the tournament MVP uh, or, oh, excuse me, on the all-tournament team as a senior as well. So the final stat line, 1,647 points, which is seventh in school history, 673 rebounds, which is like enough, you know, that's big guy numbers for a guard. And he started 123 out of 127 games. And it, that's what's so fun about Michael Gine is he is like an example of what coaches always talk about. If you do things the right way, things will come to you even if you're not trying to take them. He was never Montana's leading scorer. But he still was able to pile up points in a big way, and he was a fan favorite. His the duration of his career. Yeah, exactly. No, what? It's just like we talked about. He did what he was asked to do, and he did it excellently. And so, all of a sudden, you've worked your way into a starting role as a very young player, and you're going to get your minutes. And if you do things the right way, then you're going to get your points. Then you're going to get your rebound. Then you're going to get your assists. And that's what he did. It's really a system guy, and he listened to it, and he was coached well, and. By being coached well, when you're an athlete, if you stay within the system, the system's going to bring you results, and he did that. He also is such a freak athlete that sometimes he even broke the system. I mean, you saw it uh, ten times at least, the backside alley-oop they used to run to start a half, either the first half or the second half. I mean, I'll never forget when uh, one of the former Montana strength and conditioning coaches told me, Ogina has a 47-inch vertical. I mean, that's like top in the world, basically. I mean, there's very few guys in the NBA even that can jump higher than this guy could. No, it's unbelievable. Believable. That's. I think that's actually almost my height. <laughs> I think, and I might be bragging a little bit when I say it's 47. But no, he's unbelievable, and, and you know now he's doing really well in the pro ranks too. That's what's cool about a lot of these recent guys is they've continued to 
play basketball, get to see the world, uh, have a love of the game. Ogine, you also have to uh, mention just his academic prowess, too, because he was a four-time first-team All-Big Sky academic honoree and uh, just an awesome ambassador of the program. I mean, that's the thing. That's the best thing I could say about Michael Ogine is that he helped Montana win a bunch of games. They went to back-to-back tournaments. Uh, he was a selfless player. But more than anything, he's just a phenomenal kid, man. I, I love that kid. Every time he came on the radio show, every time he came on this podcast, all class. I mean, he's just he's just uh, one of a kind, man, one of my favorite guys ever. Yeah, I agree with you completely. He's just all class. He did everything right. He represented the university excellently in everything that he did, the way he conducted himself. He was a true student athlete. And now he's doing great with his sport. I'm sure he's saving up his money. He's traveling the world, and he'll come back and – probably do great things as an adult when he's done with his basketball career. Top 12 countdown presented by Velk Law. Why 12? Because there's 12 weeks between uh, now and the conference season. We're into number 10 here on the countdown. We'll have number 9 next week. But Mike Ogine, certainly a uh, worthy recipient. I think guess the last stat you could add is that the uh, the Montana single season school record for wins in a year, 26. And he and his group won 26 back-to-back years. So 52 in two years two NCAA tournaments, I mean, it has to rank among one of the great runs in school history. It's unbelievable. I think we're going to have to win the Natty this year to get back to the 26th. (laughs) (laughs) It's looking a little tougher, but I'm still holding out hope. Well, any and all uh, personal injury needs you might have, you've been in a car accident, you need help battling the insurance companies, give John and his firm a call today. Tell people how they can get a hold of you. Same number for uh, 32 years now, 406-543-0909. Give me a call. 543-0909. 543-0909. Belk Law, our exclusive Grizz basketball sponsor uh, all season long. See you at the game. Weber State on Thursday. It should be a fun one on Thursday. Looking forward to it. I like it. We got a new coach in now, and I'm going to have to come up with new material because <laughs> with Randy Rahe being about four foot eleven, I uh, that was a fertile source of heckling. And so I'm going to have to find out the weaknesses of the new guy and, and start to get under his skin a little. So excited to see if he uh, resembles Coach Ray is all, at all, even not necessarily in his appearance, but in his coaching style. He was Randy's head assistant for 17 years at Weber State, so Weber might not look as different as we might expect under a first-year head coach, but uh, should be a fun one on Thursday. Thanks for being here, Velk. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. We continue to make our rounds around the Big Sky Conference. Time now for our Coach's Corner. It's presented by Maldonado Law. Maldonado Law, your Big Sky defenders. Visit BigSkyDefender.com. Trisha Binford joins us. She is the 18th year head coach at Montana State, the women's basketball team, now into the heart of the Big Sky Conference season. Coach Binford, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? Uh, doing great, Coulter. How are you? Very good. Happy New Year. Uh, before we get started, any big New Year's resolutions for you or your squad? How about transition defense? I'm just kidding. No, uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to get better every single day. You know, I think uh, resolutions are, you know, something for, for the year, but uh, we want champion habits every day in place. So just continue to build. 
Well, transition defense, certainly a common uh, rallying point for coaches uh, across the country. Uh, just take us through your season to this point. It's been a little while since we checked in with you. It was fun following your team in the non-conference. You guys played a great schedule, all sorts of Mountain West squads popping up on the schedule. You played LSU uh, when you're in Hawaii as well. So uh, just take us through the non-conference. How do you think it, th- that prepared you for uh, Big Sky Conference play? Uh, well, first of all, it was... Uh, a gauntlet and I feel like the big sky is becoming the gauntlet every single night is going to be a grind and uh, every team is capable right now I feel like the conference and the league has gotten better but uh, it was a challenging preseason we got exposed in some areas but we also had some moments where we showed some great potential so just trying to get uh, a little bit more consistent in those areas and now we're into Big Sky Conference play. Bobcats uh, are 2-2 two and two in league play, coming off of a home split this last weekend. Great effort by Northern Arizona. Lori Payne's squad watched them in Missoula on uh, Thursday and then watched you guys on the stream on Saturday. And in Northern Arizona, they got a lot of firepower. So uh, just take us through your most recent result. I mean, NAU, uh, they've been building it for a couple years now, and uh, they've been very good these last couple years. What do you think of this version of the Lumberjacks? What do you think of the matchup on Saturday? You know, I think uh, the area that they really have grown is their post play. Their post play was uh, put a lot of points uh, against the Grizz, put a, up a lot of points against us. And, you know, they've always been a high scoring team, um, but they're capable across the board. You know, you've got a point guard that's hard to keep out of the paint. You got your scores and your shooters, but I feel like the post play was extremely attack minded over the course of the weekend. And credit NAU. I mean, I felt like they set the tone and really came in and had a great game. Trisha Bidford joining us, Montana State women's basketball coach. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. You mentioned Northern Arizona's point guard, Reagan Skank, and she's been a great player in the big sky uh, since she was a freshman. But I think it's so fun now. You see this group of veteran point guards across the league, whether it's Skank or, or Darian White for you or uh, you know Gina Markson, who has a lot of experience at Idaho and now is playing at Montana. I mean, we could go down the list. There's a lot of really great point guards that are juniors and seniors in this league. As a former point guard yourself, I mean, how much does that influence just the way uh, games are played and how much uh, security does it give you just as a program when you do have a veteran point guard well yeah I think uh it's shown everybody really likes fast point guards right uh, that are attack minded um those kinds of point guards have been very successful in our conference and so you know if you can find one to kind of run run the helm for you and, and uh, get you into offense but also just have an ability to be playmakers when needed I think that's a extreme huge value and for us um you know something that uh we know is extremely important when you're finishing quarters you're finishing games and you just want to go through one set have the ball in the right person's hands or maybe even break a press um you cannot undervalue even if they are the small, smallest player on the floor they're very very valuable on your team just the league in general so far you've played uh, some good teams already uh, specifically idaho northern arizona i know eastern and uh, eastern washington and northern colorado are both coming as well i mean i was impressed with a couple of northern colorado's freshmen and goodness gracious they have a lot of them uh, but what have you thought of just uh, the first four games of league play in general here i mean you mentioned you think the big sky's a gauntlet i mean what makes you think that it seems like uh, the league continues to improve its depth and competi- uh, competitive level Well, you know, Idaho opening weekend, uh, you know, they got a sweep and they shot the ball really well that weekend. So they came out firing um, like John Newley's teams do. And then you've got Sac State right now that is getting some mid-major recognition. That's been very, very consistent throughout the entire preseason. And, you know, we, uh, you know, going on that road trip with Idaho and Eastern Washington, I would still not underrate in Eastern Washington because they're just, they fight. They're they're extremely um, relentless. Um, 
um, throughout their their lineup, and uh, that was a really tough win for us. Northern Colorado, I think we got them maybe on a day that they were off. I'm like, they uh, beat Colorado State uh, at a very high-scoring game, so they're certainly capable, and then we've we've addressed Northern Arizona, and we certainly um, are going, we haven't seen everybody in the league um, on the court yet. We're going to two more games on the road this week, and uh, you've got an Idaho State that uh, had a lot of new faces coming in, and maybe got underrated in the polls, but you've got a seat in Sobolowski that uh, always has his team uh, defending at a very high level. So uh, Weber State, uh, once again, has a lot of veterans returning. And, you know, it's hard to win on the road. It's hard to win at home. And I think that consistency, you know, when you go back to championship teams, I'm like, that is really the key element and key difference um, with teams that are cutting down nets at the end of the year. Well, your team has kept down nets often over the last several years, including last season winning the Big Sky Tournament. And uh, I asked Danny Sprinkle the same question yesterday. I mean, one of the hardest things in sports is winning a championship. One of the hardest things in basketball is repeating as champions. So what have you thought so far here during the first half of the season of, of your young lady's ability to sort of handle that target on the back and then also just handle just the narrative of being the defending Big Sky champions? Yeah, I think it's been a little bit much of a distraction. You know, we're just really trying to kind of remove all those distractions, so to speak. You know, we've had the conversations. It's hard. It's hard to have everybody's best game on a given night. And um, But at the same time, I'd rather be in that situation, taking the hard um, on a daily basis. And I think, you know, your ability to remove the distractions and focus on just getting better and what your areas are for your particular team, I think that's really critical. Um, and for us, we've had those moments where we've really locked in and focused at an elite level and then we've had some other nights where we've been a little bit flat and so we're just trying to get to that level of consistency to, to have that elite level of focus um, and effort in the areas uh, that get you the results that you're looking for and and I joked about transition defense but um, you know that's a huge area you know it's not the flash it's not the you know what goes into the papers and that sort of thing statistically but it's really important to, to take easy points or, or those high percentage points off the board and then the second area for us in particular is getting rid of those distractions and those bullseyes and really locking down to finishing plays better. Right now, we're, we're extremely vulnerable on the glass, and we've got to find some different um, some changes there to get a little bit better um, move up in our results piece because those extra possessions, you know, could be the difference in the outcome of any game. Montana State women's basketball on the road this weekend, playing in Pocatello on Thursday and uh, at Weber State in Ogden on Saturday. Coach, it's uh, amazing. We'll get you out of here on this. It's amazing to think how many times you guys have squared off with Seton Sobolewski and the Idaho State Bengals now. Uh, A full 15-year sample size, uh, but it seems like it's always competitive, great game. I know it's one of those sort of secondary rivalries, or I mean, maybe even a primary rivalry now uh, in the Big Sky Conference and women's hoops. So uh, what do you think of the matchup with ISU on Thursday? How are they different from years past? And why do you think it's always such a competitive game when the Bobcats play the Bengals? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, they have a great atmosphere. Um, Second of all, um, we play heavily through our post play and we know Idaho State's um, really good at swarming post play so I always prepare our kids for a boxing match put the gloves on Um, there's going to be a lot of physicality inside a lot of shoving a lot of swarms a lot of double teams and you know for us we just want to be moving the ball sharing the ball um, on the offensive end I think those things are really similar for Idaho State I think that they just do a great job of you know forcing outside shots and really being in plays to get out and move on the offensive end and for us defensively we're just going to have to be elite communicators. Uh, their screen action is very similar. Um, I think um, they've added an element with a very athletic five for them. So maybe they don't 
which as often as maybe some of the um, actions that they have in the past. But um, even though they have some youth at some positions, I think the physicality of them, the defensive structure is in place. And then you have somebody like Kelly Bourne, who's a veteran, um, that is as tough as they get. And so she's going to be in a lot of their action on the offensive end. So I think uh, everybody's aware of who she is, where she is. Um, she's going to uh, try to do some things on the perimeter and the post. Uh, but boy, it's almost like everybody says that about a couple of our kids too. But I feel like she's been in the league for 10 years, you know, so um, she's uh, done a great job for him. It is so true. It's amazing the way that these extended eligibilities have influenced everything. Trisha Benford, Montana State head women's basketball coach here on Nuanas Now. Coach Ben, thanks so much for being here, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. But best of luck this weekend. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Coulter. Whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, JMV Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JMV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a Scotty, JMV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, JMV also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JMV, your restaurant specialist. Well, we're into the heart of basketball season, and we have another home weekend here in the Garden City, Weber State, a familiar face, a welcome rival, coming to Missoula to play Montana on Thursday evening, and then in Bozeman on Saturday, we're joined by first-year Weber State head coach Eric Duft. Coach, thanks so much for being here, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. First and foremost, just tell us about this new opportunity for you because uh, you know we did our uh, 10 storylines to watch from around the Big Sky Conference coming into this year, and our number one storyline was no longer Randy Ray at Weber Stadium. And he's been <laughs> at, at Weber for so long, uh, pretty much every year I've covered the Big Sky, I think, coincided with Coach Ray's career there at uh, Weber. So what do you think of this new opportunity and what's it been like so far for you taking over for a guy that uh, has such great renowned uh, prestige in this conference? Yeah, you know, it's been great so far. It's been uh, – we've, we've got a, a good group of guys to coach, and, and I, I was with Coach Ray for 16 years, so I learned a great deal from him and how to run a program. And, you know, I was fortunate uh, while I was here with him is, is he allowed us as assistants a lot of freedom, gave us a lot of responsibility to, you know, to coach the team and, and uh, to, to, you know, to be a, a voice in practice. And uh, so those things helped prepare me uh, for – this opportunity and I've been preparing for it for a long time and uh, just enjoying the the experience so far. Well you obviously learned a lot I'm sure coaching under Randy but also I mean I think as you probably already know it's so important to to sort of be your own man your own coach all that sort of stuff so how do you sort of balance those two things implementing some stuff that maybe you really like and you want to keep the same at Weber but also putting your own spin on it putting your own identity on it. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Coach would want me to he, – he wanted me to, to take over the program and, and have my own way of doing things. And, and obviously we, we have some foundational principles from when he was here that, that, that we uh, are committed to. And, but when he took over as a head coach, he had been with Stu Morrill for a long time. And I think the most important thing when you become a head coach, you got to be yourself. And, you know – he, he did that when he became a head coach and, and that was his advice to me. And, uh, but a lot of the things are the same, you know, I have my own personality and, and, uh, do things a little different at times here or there, but for the most part, our foundational principles have stayed the same. 
It's amazing. You mentioned Stu Morrill, and uh, we still keep up with Coach Morrill. And uh, it's interesting just to think about that coaching tree, right? I mean, Judd Heathcote yeah. and, uh, and then C- Coach Morrill and so many other great coaches, Mike Montgomery, and Coach Ray is a part of it, and you're a part of it as well. So uh, what do you think of just sort of the the responsibility, I guess, of, of uh, sort of uh, continuing that on and sort of living up to uh, those guys that uh, helped sort of came before you? Well, you know, the game's changed a lot over the years, obviously, from an X's and O's standpoint and recruiting standpoint. And so the game will keep evolving. And as a coach, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to have to evolve with the game. And, you know, we obviously play a different brand of basketball than, uh, you know, that Stu did or Coach Heathcote or, or, or Mike Montgomery. But I think the, the, the principles are always going to stay the same. And uh, you, you don't want to run a, a program that you can be proud of, that you can have quality people in. Uh, help develop guys to become, you know, good good citizens and and good people and, and take care of the academic side of things. And so I think all those things have, have stayed consistent. It's just you know the games change somewhat. And you have to keep adapting. Eric Duff joining us. He is the first year Weber State head coach, Wildcats in Montana this weekend, playing in Missoula Thursday, and uh, in Bozeman on Saturday. Uh, Coach, just take us through your team's uh, season so far. I, I know you had uh, a challenging non-conference, which seems to be sort of commonplace in the Big Sky Conference these days. I know, especially yeah. you know, the premier programs have such a hard time getting home games, and you got to play a lot of tough road games. But you did have the great high water mark with your win in Logan over Utah State, and now uh, here in conference, play some success early on as well. So, uh, what have you thought of your guys' acclimation? What have you liked about your team's performance so far? Well, we have a you know basically a brand new team, uh, and we have eight new players and a lot of young players in the program, and and we did have a difficult schedule, thirteen uh, non-conference games, uh, and and we played ten of those on the road, and so that was a you know a challenge to a young team. We played very very good opponents, uh, you know we we had some injuries early on trying to figure out our our rotation. I think we've, we've come to a way that this team needs to play. We've, we've kind of found ourselves a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of margin for error. We have, again, a lot of inexperience. And, uh, but, uh, you know, guys have done a good job. We've, we've battled through a lot of adversity and, and have had some really good wins. And, and uh, you know, we know how we have to play. and We can't veer away from that. And, and uh, we have to be committed to doing – playing winning basketball but uh, so far it's been it's been good you know we're we're getting some young guys some some real experience here early in the season and and uh you know i think we were a team that's kind of kept getting better over the time interesting to think about that fold too right i mean eight new guys that seems to be also commonplace especially in mid-major <laughs> men's college basketball so how do you sort of adjust your mindset when you are trying to build a team build a program when there is such this prevalence of of roster overturn I mean it seems like it's just the way of the world not much we can do about it no matter what you think of it so how do you sort of adjust your mindset into to building a team each year well I think we're you know we're trying to find that happy medium uh you know we we did go to the transfer route the last several years and then last year it kind of caught up with us where we had seven seniors um and so we we, we lost you know most of our team uh, and, I, and so what we tried to do in recruiting is we tried to recruit some high school guys. We've got a few, you know, a couple transfers in here. Uh, we've already got some commitments from some high school players next year. And so, you know, I think we're going to try to try to have a mixture, but really be our foundational pieces still being 
from the high school ranks, and we're just going to have to be patient and, and develop those guys along the way. Eric Duff joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Thursday night, Weber State in town to play Montana. Coach, last question about your team before we talk a little bit about the upcoming matchup. You have, you talk about four-year guys, one of the great players in the league, and I think Dylan Jones is, I mean, I think he's the best player in the league. I voted him as the preseason MVP, and uh, so I have high expectations for him, and he's done nothing but fulfill and even exceed those so far. He's been outstanding. So uh, when you have a piece like that to build around, what do you think of that element? Well, it sure helps, you know, as, as a coach. Dylan does a, takes care of a lot of problems. He's, he's just an all-around good player. He's a tremendous defensive rebounder. Uh, like last week, he was number one in the country in de- defensive rebound percentage. Uh, and he's a tremendous passer and, and playmaker for us. Uh, you know, he's really improved his shooting over the years, and he's just a guy that's uh, totally committed to being a good player. You know, he's, he watches more film, I think, than the staff does, and uh, but but he's a guy that you can that, you know that can always keep you in games and help these young players grow and develop and and uh, you know be a leader. He's really grown up uh, from his freshman year from his leadership standpoint and, and uh, so we're fortunate to have him in the program. When it comes to this matchup this weekend, this is always one of the toughest swings in the Big Sky going through the state of Montana. Uh, but to start with the Grizzlies, I know you guys have had many a battle with Montana over the years. So uh, what do you think of this Grizz team, and what do you think of this matchup on Thursday night? Well, it's always a great game, great atmosphere in there, you know, rivalry game. We've we've played a lot of games that have been very meaningful over the years. And, and you know, their team is, is similar to the teams that he's had in the past, that Travis has had. I mean, they're – they're, they're very skilled. They shoot it well. Uh, they're extremely well coached. Uh, they don't beat themselves. Uh, so it's a, you know, it's a great challenge going in there every year. And, and uh, you know, we'll have to play our best basketball to have some success. I know you're not looking ahead uh, to the one in Bozeman, but what do you think of just the challenge of this road trip overall? And, and how much does this help prepare you uh, for down the road when you're getting into the heart of the season, the stretch run, and then into the tournament? Well, we're used to being on the road, and, and we did that in the pre-conference. Uh, I, I joked to our radio guy, we probably can get through the airport security about as good as anybody in the country right now. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, both both teams are exceptionally good. They're exceptionally well coached, good players, uh, just, you know, two quality programs. It's just and it travels hard and so yeah, it's, it's it's a big challenge, and uh, but you know, but it's something that we need to embrace and and uh, be ready to go out there and execute well and and give ourselves a chance down the stretch. Eric Duft, Weber State head coach, he coaches as a head coach for the first time in Missoula tonight against Montana. Tip 7 p.m. from Dahlberg Arena, Weber State, Montana. Always one of the best games of the year. Always one we look forward to, Coach. Thanks for the time, the first of many, I'm sure. But I know it's a busy time of year, so thanks so much for squeezing us in, and uh, best of luck against Montana. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, I appreciate it. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com apply. 
Next up on Nuanez Now, Seton Soboleski, head coach of the Idaho State women's basketball team. Seton now heading into, or now I guess in the midst of his 15th year coaching the Bengals down there in Pocatello and currently authoring one of the best stories in the league so far early in conference play. Idaho State lost the entire core, or almost the entire core, of a team that was back-to-back regular season conference champions, made a trip to the NCAA tournament in there as well, but lost players like Dora Golesh, who's now coaching with Idaho State, Estefania Ors, who's now an assistant coach with Northern Arizona, Montana Ultrogi transferred to Northern Arizona, Tamika Whitman's at Southern Utah, Diabacanates at UC Irvine, but despite losing about 80-85% of their production from last year, Coach Sobolewski has the Bengals at 3-0 and through two weekends of conference play and now looking to become the third team in three weeks to sweep the Montana schools as the Bengals will host Montana State on Thursday and Montana on Saturday. Seton, man, first of all, thanks for coming on. How have you been, man? Absolutely, Andrew. I'm doing, doing pretty good. Pretty good. Just staying busy, getting ready for another a big week. Yeah, definitely. And and let's talk about the matchups this week first. A tough matchup in this conference of the Montana School's travel partners, obviously. Montana State, the defending conference champions. And then the Lady Grizz looking to improve this year as well. Just what do you think about those two matchups coming up Thursday, Saturday? Well, obviously uh, two uh, really good teams um, and, and difficult for us to match up with. You know, they put teams on the floor that are hard to match up with in terms of they don't have a lot of deficiencies. High skill level, uh, really good talent levels, good athleticism, both teams very well coached. Um, You know, you you go into certain games and maybe there's ways you can uh, cheat. You know, there's somewhere you can help a little bit more or, or some type of strategy you can put together to help your team out. But, uh, you know, Montana and Montana State both don't offer you that. Uh, they shoot the ball well. They have size. It's just um, – and they, they both have a good bench, especially Montana State. You know, you, you feel like when Montana State subs, uh, they're still good, you know, going three, four players into the bench where they don't lose much. So, uh, really, really difficult matchup for us. And then when when we sub, we just get younger and less experienced, and it things just become a little bit more difficult for us. Trisha Binford at Montana State, one of the few coaches who can match you for longevity in the league, and then Brian Holsinger at Montana, just going into his second year with the Lady Grizz. Does that make it you know difficult to prepare for you, or just what do you think about sort of that difference there? I don't know. You know, uh, you know, Trish and I probably know each other pretty good, and we know our teams and our programs pretty well. And and uh, you know, I have probably haven't changed a whole lot over fifteen years, and. And she has not changed a whole lot, you know, uh, over her, her time. And, and so there's this great history, and we kind of know what to expect going into the game. Um, you know, with Brian, you know, he's, he's still, I think, finding his footing. Um, he's got some great talent. He's done a great job with his staff and, and uh, putting a team together. And so just kind of knowing Brian, I don't know Brian as well and his program and, and what they're all about, but uh, – yeah, it, it, the two games are different that way. You know, you've got two coaches that um, have been around a long time, know each other well, and then and then you got um, us versus you know Brian and his his uh, newer program. But um, still, I think opportunity for some great basketball for fans to see. And and uh, yeah, I think those rivalries are still alive. You know, even with Brian being newer, um, you know the Grizz name really holds a lot of weight and 
and gets people's attention. And I'm sure it's going to be some of our um, larger crowds of the year. Seton Soboleski joining us on Nuanez Now, head coach of the Idaho State women's basketball program. The Bengals starting off Big Sky Conference play 3-0 and and hosting Montana State and Montana this week. And Seton, let's talk a little bit about your team. Hung on in non-conference, finished 5-6 and six in non-conference, played a lot of close games in there, and then started off really well in conference play. I mean, a win over NAU that's looking really good after the Lumberjacks swept the Montana State teams last week, beat Northern Colorado, and then last week you guys only had the one game and handled Weber State. Anything that changed for you between, between the end of non-conference and the start of conference play? You know, I don't know. I, I think it's just getting a little bit of rest. You know, we ended uh, the semester with um, finals and then a long trip to Florida. And, you know, your young team, um, after their first semester at school, they're probably itching to get to Christmas break. And that can be a little bit of a distraction. But I'm very proud of how they came back from Christmas break, you know, charged, ready to go. I don't know how we pulled off the win at, at Northern Arizona. I mean, that. I feel like Northern Arizona is such a talented team. And uh, even though some of the, the players on the team are new, they're older, you know, and they kind of know what's going on in the big sky and, and, and how to compete and what to expect. And, and I just, I think we put forth a really great effort and, you know, uh, Finley Garnett did a great job. She stepped up and had 27 points and Callie Bourne played really well. And, and so I was really surprised by that and the Northern Colorado win, you know, Northern Colorado had lost at home yet and um, they just looked like they had all cylinders firing and some great freshmen and Sementhal who is a potential MVP candidate you know I think once they kind of work through some stuff I think they're going to be really good but uh, yeah I'm just I'm proud of our efforts and and uh, we're just working hard and trying to be a good team and do things the right way and I think that's helping us. Yeah and the story around you guys of course coming into the year was just Losing so much talent from that team last year, and that was both with graduation and players' careers ending, and then you also lost some players to the transfer portal. I guess, first, have you ever been in a situation like that where you've lost so much talent off of a team from year to year? And then how did you go about handling it, and, and what have you seen from a team that's almost all new this year? Well, yeah, it's, I think for me and I think for a lot of coaches, um, it's new territory you know, with the whole uh, transfer portal. And I've had teams where we've lost talent, but we've lost it gradually <laughs> in, in graduation. Uh, and, uh, you know, it wasn't, you know, the, the way it happened last year. And, you know, the, the, the way it played out last year, it was a good thing and a tough thing to rebound from. I mean, you had this group of older kids that probably through their experience and their, 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 their hunger – they, that's why they won back-to-back championships and they were old enough and, and we did have the right accumulation of talent to, to win back-to-back championships. So that was great to have for two years. But then once the year after happens with graduation and the portal, um, you know, you kind of see some of that stuff coming, but um, it's new territory for me and, and we're trying to work through it. And what's our strategy going to be moving forward, you know, handling the portal and, And uh, how much do you recruit that? And between that and junior college and freshmen, like, you know, we're still trying to figure out that strategy. I'll tell you, nothing replaces a kid that's been in your program, though, for four or five years in terms of them learning a system and and becoming a future maybe Hall of Fame player because, you know, they've been there a while and 
And, um, you know, they're just nowhere to expect and figure out how to compete and win at that point. So, I don't know, it's, it's new territory and we're still figuring it all out. But, you know, I'm optimistic. We're going to just keep plugging along. Well, that's right. And you did have at least a couple players who have been in the program and the big one that everybody around the Big Sky Conference will know. Callie Bourne, the great Australian forward guard. I mean, I guess she's played kind of all over the court for you guys. Came back for her graduate year, leading the team in in scoring with 12.9 points, also averaging 7.1 rebounds. Finley Garnett's taken a big step up this year. Just what is it about those two who have been in your program for a couple of years being able to to stick around and maybe provide some leadership? Well, yeah, you you hit it right there. It's it they're invaluable, you know, in terms of um their leadership and their experience and guiding and leading these, these young kids and these new kids in our program, you know, kind of teaching them our system and how we do things. And then, you know, Finley and Callie are both, you know, still improving and growing themselves. And they're, they're ready to take another step forward where they're going to take on a little bit more scoring and handling a ball and responsibility for tough defensive assignments. And, and uh, they're ready for that. But, those two guys are just super, super important to us. And, um, you know, I'm indebted to their, their commitment to the program and, and what they're doing for us. Yeah, and then the big new name, I think, that maybe a lot of people around the league won't recognize. This is Seton Soboleski, by the way, head coach of the Idaho State women's basketball team, joining us on Nuanas now. But the, the big new name for you guys has been Laura Bello, Second in the league in rebounding at nine rebounds per game, also averaging 10.4 points per game, so a near double-double. What can you tell us about her? Because that, that's a name that I don't think a lot of people around the league will recognize. Yeah, yeah. She, she's a, a new player to us, uh, someone we uh, recruited out of the transfer portal. A um, good friend of mine uh, coached her down in Texas and then you know recruited her to a small school in Kansas. But, you know, she is uh, one of the – the, the best athletes I've ever coached. You know, Diaba was an exceptional speed and athleticism and just athletic in every way. Uh, but Laura is that version, but in a 6'2", 6'3", body. And she's just an exceptional athlete and jumper. And, you know, she's doing some really good things for us with rebounding and defense and scoring without really even knowing what she's doing yet. <laughs> you know, that, and that's the cool part. That's the cool part, knowing – you know, you still have her for three more years and you can keep developing her. And, and you know, we give her some more time and, and get her get her a year or so under her belt. And she's going to be a, a really good player. But her athleticism, her jumping ability um, is unlike I've had ever at Idaho State in a post position. And then the last thing I think everybody's really noticed about you guys this year so many girls leaving who have experience in the program who know how you want to run the offense. You guys have really refocused again on defense this year. Idaho State, first in the conference, giving up under 55 points per game. And I mean, even in the non-conference, just so many great defensive performances. I mean, held Washington to 56 in a loss, but rarely letting teams score over 60. Has that been sort of a, a recommitment, a refocus for you guys this year, and I know that's how a lot of your teams have liked to play in the past, just that that focus on defense and, and effort and physicality on that end. Yeah, I don't know if we've necessarily like, okay, back to the drawing board or, you know, spent a, a lot more time on the defensive end compared to the offense. I just think some of our new players are built to be innately built to be a little bit better defenders than, than on the offensive side. You look at 
Bridie Burks and uh, Casey Spank and even Laura Bello, along with your um, Callie Borns and Finley and even Carson uh, Boswell's really stepped up and started doing more. But they're innately built to be tough kids. They're tough kids and hard workers, and and um, you know that lends itself to being a pretty good defender. Definitely, Seton Sobolewski in the Idaho State Bengals. One of the best stories of the early season in Big Sky Conference women's basketball starting off the conference season. 3-0 and hosting Montana State and Montana this week. The Bengals are 4-0 and at home this week, so a tough assignment for the Montana schools this week. Seton, just anything else that you wanted to, to mention about your team so far this season, about these games this weekend? Anything else that you wanted to get out there? Yeah, no, I'm just uh, very... Um um, proud of their effort and, you know, go, getting through the ups and downs and some, you know, surprising wins for us and tough losses. And I'm just very proud of our team. And, and uh, you know, we're going to just try to keep it going as long as we can, just playing hard and, and um, you know, giving our best effort every game and, and seeing where that takes us. And I guess seeing the last thing would be a lot of excitement around the men's team down there in Pocatello as well. Like yourselves, starting off 3-0 and in conference play, the only school to have both teams undefeated so far in conference play. Just what's it been like watching Coach Looney and that team get off to such a good start? And I'm sure it has to help the vibe around campus a little bit and, and just up the excitement. Oh, it, it definitely has. I think a lot of people are excited about what's going on right now. And, you know, we have a, a great working relationship with Coach Looney. He's a great guy and he, a uh, really hard worker. So I'm really happy to see we're, we're really happy to see him start having some success and getting some traction. And uh, we're hoping he can, they can maintain it and, and keep building on it. There you go. Seton Soboleski, head coach of the Idaho State Bengals, 3-0 and in Big Sky Conference play, hosting Montana State on Thursday and Montana on Saturday. In Reed, Jim Seton, man, thank you so much for your time. Good to talk with you. No problem, Andrew. I hope you're doing well, and, and, and thank you. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications.